Hallelujah. God is good. Today, we will share the Lord's table, but before we do that, I want to share from the scriptures the benefits that Jesus brought to us, and some of them we don't even know. But before I do that, let me share this. <clears throat> One time I was with a, a man of God who had, has prophetic insight, and uh, as we were discussing a uh, I asked, I wanted to know, why is our continent, Africa, so miserable today? And not just today, it's been like that ever since I came to know that I'm an African and I live in Africa. Of course, there's a few progress that we have made since the time I was born, but we are still quite far away. And I wanted to know, I asked, you know, not that... I actually did not expect that he has an answer, but I just said, the way you, you know, you know, you are discussing and say, but why? And this is the response he gave. It's because of our forefathers. And I ask why? Because our forefathers were idol worshippers. And they were not originally idol worshippers. They abandoned God, the true God, and chose to worship idols. When I talk about our forefathers, I'm not talking about our parents or our grandparents. We are going beyond generations, probably thousands of years. And in my little knowledge, I cannot say I'm a historian, but once in a while, I try to find out or to dig or even to inquire. Though there is history that is we were never exposed to or it was not recorded, or even if it was recorded. Uh, masters, that's when I say our masters, those who came late and took over and colonized us, decided to hide a lot of history. And part of that history is that civilization began in Africa, in this continent. That is where civilization began. And I'm not talking about just what you would refer to those days as it is high-tech kind of civil civilization. And if you want to know, just go to Egypt. Visit their museums. Go to the pyramids. And it will shock you. Because if you go back to the ears, you'll ask ourselves, how were they able to make such a piece that is so accurate? It is actually said that it is the Africans who taught the Europeans how to dress. It is the Africans who taught the Europeans to build houses because they were living in caves. Because it is told the other way, but it is said they were living in caves together with the animals. It is the Africans who taught them to do all that. And a lot of discoveries, including some of the discoveries we've been told it was done by a white man, most of all these things were done by the Africans, but the names were changed. Why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you this so that I will take you back to what I said about our forefathers abandoning God, move, start moving into idolatry. And when they abandoned God, God also did abandon them. Those who are once wise became fools. And those that we taught how to dress and to build houses took over. Now, I don't want to go into the details as why God would drop one, raise another, 
That is at his prerogative. But let's assume that it is true that our forefathers once obeyed God and then disobeyed God. Then what befall them is what you would call a curse. And a curse once, and in the African context we know, because we fear curses. Because if somebody pronounces a curse to you, even if, and that curse has a cause, there is a cause as to why they are pronouncing that curse to you. Maybe you have insulted or have abused your father and he gets annoyed and utters some words against you. It doesn't matter who you are and where you are. Those things follow you. Now, what if, if that can happen to us? And we know it. We fear. And that's why I would like to encourage you, especially those of you that your parents are still alive, please be very careful how you treat your parents. Because the words they speak matters. They can speak blessings. They can speak a curse. But why did all this happen? Because I know you are wondering, but how can that be true? How can that be true that we were ahead, but now we are not? And when you read history, you are told many things that we developed from apps or wherever. You know, those, those are things that have no basis sometimes, I would say. Um, but the truth is, we were once blessed because we obeyed God. Praise God. And an African... Is not a second-class citizen. It is also said, and I think I, I have ever come across, whether it was a documentary or something, I can't remember. But you know the population of the world today, that over 90% of the population of the world has black blood, which means the population is, most of us are black, even those that claim to be of a different color. And sometimes I like exciting myself, and let me excite you, because you are serious, very serious now, because of what... I've just said. This is how I like exciting myself. And I think I've shared this with some of you, like Joshua, whatever I said. You know, for me, I strongly believe that the black lace was actually the lace that was there during the time of Abraham, the time of Jesus. Although Jesus is normally drawn as a white guy who the other day, you know, I read in the, in the papers, you know, trying to tell, stop calling me Jesus. You know that picture is, the guy is still alive in somewhere in Europe. The one that, he said, I am not Jesus, I only acted. But that's the kind of picture that now we see in Matatus and whatever. That's not Jesus. What do I say? But although I also know that there is neither black nor Jew whatever, I'm not, a, I'm not a racist, but I'm trying to tell you something that even in history can be proved. And that's why I said I excite myself by saying I'm not a second-class citizen because I know my forefathers were ahead. And by that extension, I believe that I, if we are to talk about racial supremacy, which we don't, then if there are people who should brag, we are the people who should brag. But before we brag, why do I say that? Because I believe that the Jews, during the time of Jacob, they were blacks. Why do I believe that? This is my own theory, so if you want to challenge, you can. But it's my theory, so 
you can also come up with yours. And I think I'm entitled to this freedom of... <laughs> we can make our own theories. We can make our own theses and claim this is, this is me. When I, I look at the scriptures, I'm told that Joseph was sold to Egypt, isn't it? And when Joseph was sold to Egypt, the Egyptians that were then there, then those days, they are black, they were black people. If you want to know that this is a fact, I've been to Egypt, I went to the museum. If you want, you can prove this. You can even call the Egyptian embassy and ask them about the colors of the kings that used to rule Egypt those days, the pharaohs. I saw, I think, six bodies or seven. And all those, the one they, 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 they excavated, you know, remember they used to preserve those bodies. So when they excavated the tombs, the body actually has not rotten. It's still intact. And that body is as dark. Let me see whether there's a dark guy here. You guys are not dark. You are all light-skinned. Because those people are real black. You know? You know those South, South Sudanese? You know, bluish something or <laughs> that is how the, those those bodies are, and you could see, and the skin is is still there. Yeah, the hair it's yet we are dengu, you know, you are kama dengu, kali. That's how they those are, well. and. I remember the the, 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 the the guide that was taking us through the museum, who's an Egyptian now, the current Egypt, Egyptian. She was already, when she was trying to explain to this is follow, this is this, this is this, this is that, this is that. And then there was only one body. One of them was different from the others. And that was white. But not the white, the Mzungu white. It was actually whitewashed, like that white wall, uh, uh, Joshua's shirt here, whitewash. And she said, she told us, this is the one that drowned in the Red Sea. By the time the body was retrieved, it had been washed white by salt. And then they preserved it like that. You know, I almost jumped, praise God. You know, because I said, the Bible is true then. You know, but I remembered I'm in Egypt. I might be ringed. <laughs> but the point here is, there are, there are a lot of, and, and then the question here is, if the, there were, if the civilization then were black people, because they could not have a king who is black ruling white people, would that be possible? That there is only the kings that were blacks and the whites and the, the, the citizens were white. No, no, no. They were all black. And if you want to know, so it is true. Look at even the, 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 the kind of um, sculptures they, 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 give, they show of Egyptians. Look at the nose. That's not the nose of a white man. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm trying to bring something to you. To, to encourage you as an African so that you may know your roots and what your rights are. And, and then I, I told you why I excite myself. I like exciting myself. Then I argue and say, now look. If Joseph was sold to Egypt, to these black people, because they were black, and history confirms that, and then after some years, was it 21 years or 14 years or something like that, 
His brothers come to Egypt to buy food because there is no food in Canaan. And when they come, they are not able to identify this white man, you know, who is in the midst of black people. And they are white also like him. That's what I I like exciting myself. Was Joseph white? Joseph was black. Why? Because if a white man is sent to Kenya to live with black people, his color will not change to become a black person. When his brothers come to look for to look for food, they will be able to tell, "Hey, aren't you Joseph? Don't you look like us?" But the Bible says they were not able to recognize him. My only, my then the only thing that I can conclude is that Joseph and the Egyptians looked like looked alike. And if Joseph and the Egyptians looked alike, those of you that you know are logical in your thinking. Already you have concluded that then even his brothers were black, isn't it? Which means then the Jews of those days and the Africans, the black Africans in Egypt, were of the same color. Praise God. Now, let me leave it there. Lest I may be arrested. The Mossad might be sent to come and pick me. <laughs> Say, what is that guy saying? Praise God. There's a mystery that is somewhere that will be unfailed one time. We don't know when, but truth is yet to be told. But I've told you something about our forefathers. If you go to the book of um, Deuteronomy 28, but what I've said, you are entitled to make your own conclusion also. Eh? Remember I said these are my theories, so I'm, I'm not telling you that this is, so if you have a different opinion, please stick to your opinion um, so that I may not be accused of trying to change your opinion. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, this is quite a uh, huge text, but if you look at the first part of it, it narrates blessings. Blessings, you know, my, whoever my Bible has a a subtitle for it, it says, blessings or obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully follow all his commands I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. And the crops of your lord and the young of your livestock, the calves, your hands and the lambs of your frogs. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but free from you in seven. The Lord will set a blessing on your bands and and on everything you put your hand on. The Lord your God will bless you in the Lord he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your rice stock, the crops of your grass. In the, in the Lord, he saw your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse, her house of his 
bounty to set rain on your Lord and in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will read to many nations, but will borrow from none. I wish this is what is happening to us today. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. From verse 15 all the way to almost the end of actually to the it now talks about the curses, the contrast. If you disobey, curses for disobedient. And it's quite a text. You may not be able to read all that. But please, read Deuteronomy 28 and read it prayerfree and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You'll be cast in the city and cast in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cast. The fruit of your womb will be cast and the crops of your lord and the calves of your hands and the lambs and whatever, whatever, whatever. A lot of curses being pronounced. Verse 33 says, A people that you do not know will eat what your lord and labor produce, and you will have nothing but cruel oppression all your days. The foreigners, verse 43 talks about the foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher, but you will sink lower and lower. They will lead you but you not led to them. They will be the head, and but you will be the tail. All these curses will come on you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the Lord your God and, and observe the commands and decrees he gave you. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever. Because you did not serve the Lord, your God, joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity. Therefore, in hunger and in dusty, and this is very serious. Therefore, in hunger and in dusty, in nakedness and their poverty, you will serve the enemies of the, the enemies the Lord sets against you. This is serious. Therefore, in hunger, can we in Africa identify with hunger? Can we identify with thirst? We are always killing each other because of lack of water. Someone said that the, greater, the next world war will not be fought over territories, but it will be fought over water or resources, water resources. I don't know how that true is, but the, 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 the message is clear that there is thirst, there is desire for water, and there is not enough water in the world. In nakedness and in their poverty. Are those not the things that we Africans are identified with? You will serve the enemies, the Lord sets against you. Now, why am I reading all this? I'm reading all this to come back and tell you. Today, we will share the Holy Communion, which is 
what we normally do every first Sunday of the month. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, we have again looked at this many times. Verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let me start from verse 20. We are therefore God's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be seen for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. We have no problem with this verse. We have talked about it. We have demonstrated how the one who had no sin became sin so that you who had sin may become the righteousness of God. And I want to state it very clearly. Those of you that have come to the knowledge of knowing who Jesus is, as your personal savior, in other words, you know that you are born again through your own confession, not by association or by birth. Because sometimes we make that mistake. We think because we've been born I get some water, please. <clears throat> we think because we are born in, a Christ, in Christian families, our parents who are Christians, and we have grown in church, like some of our children, there is the tendency to think that they are Christians or they are born again. Uh, there is nothing like being born again by, through association, you know? A child is holy. Let me clarify that. A child is holy. Until when that child becomes of age and is able to differentiate between good and evil. And is of sound mind and is able to make a choice. It is expected that that child is introduced to the knowledge of Christ. So that the child can make a choice for himself or herself. Of choosing to love Christ to give his or her life to Christ. If that child does that, then that child becomes born again. Amen? So there's nothing like being born again through family association or whatever. It's a choice that we make. And each one of us need to know which day did I give my life to Jesus? Because there are some of us that, I can't, me, I went to church and, um, and then what happened? I think Joshua was preaching and then mm, um, people are called to be prayed for. And I went to be prayed for. Mm, okay. How? Did you? How did you receive? I, he prayed. My brother, my sister, you are not yet born again. Yes, it, it's the Bible says it is in your heart that you believe. And through your mouth, you confess. Romans chapter 10, I think 10, 9 there. And through your mouth that you confess, and then you are born again. So if you have never done that for, on your own, the fact that you went to the Christian Union, remember those days in high school when the preacher would come and preach fire and brimstone and uh, talk about hell, and we are all very scared on our seats, and then they say, now, who doesn't want to go to hell? And we all lift up our hands and say, run in front. And we all run in front and quickly, you know, some prayers are made and we go home thinking that we are born again. No. 
99% of those used to go back. By the time you open school, the following all of us have backslidden. And then the preachers have to come again. So there was a salvation every time. Every time. People who kept getting saved every time. Because every time they go home over the holiday, they backslid and then they come back. Now that's not what I'm talking. There is need for you to understand what it means to surrender your life. And the Bible is telling us the one who did not we are therefore Christ's ambassador. No, no, no. Okay, 21. God made him who had no sin to be seen for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It is through Christ knowing him and making confession. And that's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father except coming through me. And coming through him is acknowledging that you are a sinner, born a sinner. And you need to commit your life to Jesus by confessing your sins to him and asking for forgiveness. And then from there, that happens in your heart. And then the mouth declares. That's why we ask you to come forward. And when you come forward, we ask you to declare with your mouth because it has to come from you. But the point here is, through his death on the cross, he took away our sin. Amen? Of rebellion. Because we rebelled through Adam. But when he died on that cross, when he hung on that cross, he paid the price. And I don't want to dwell so much on that. And that's how we have gained our freedom. We are not under judgment because he was judged on our behalf. And that is why the Lord, our father, the father even abandoned him. And I told you the other day, he cried, Eloi, is it? Loi, Loi, Lama, Sabakithani, which is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was the first time that the father forsook the son. Why? Because when he looked at him, he saw the sins of the world, all the evil and the wickedness upon him. And because God is righteous, he could not face sin, so he abandoned him for a minute. But he cried, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Because the son took the sins of the world. Praise God. So that the sinners or the sin can be forgiven. And we sinners can now become the righteousness of God. In other words, now we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We've been transferred from where we were to where he is. Praise the Lord. That's what you have become. So, if that's what you have become, if Christ on the cross took, took over everything, I want to ask you, what is the effect of sin? Don't give me an answer. But when Adam sinned, there was a separation between him and God, isn't it? The Bible says that even the earth received a curse, isn't it? Because it never used to produce thorns and thistles. The earth started receiving thorns and thistles. So, Adam was not just separated from God. There was also a curse that was pronounced. Praise God. Adam was living in abundance. He was ejected from 
the garden of Eden, the land of plenty and everything. The Bible says that there were rivers. There were actually four rivers. Were they four or something? It was Gihon, Sihon, Euphrates, and Tiglates, and all these rivers, they were thrown with gold. You know, whenever you needed gold, Adam needed gold, you just go to the river, Unashotatu. You know, God was providing for humanity. But all that went. So, what did we receive in exchange? Poverty, isn't it? So, there are three things that happens when we sin. There is separation, judgment. We are separated from God. Then, a curse is pronounced because there is sin and disobedient. Okay? Then, we are ejected from his presence. In his presence, there is a wealth. There is everything. So, poverty also we receive when we are outside him, isn't it? Are not those the three things that are airing us today? Yeah? Separation. Separations we've been dealt with because we have come back to Christ through his precious blood. What about curse? What about poverty? What does the scripture say about it? The reason why I'm taking you through this, I told you, our forefathers did what? Sinned. They disobeyed because they were idolaters. Yeah? But we have come to Christ. Hallelujah. He has, we have become the righteousness of God through him. So there is something that was broken when we came to him. Praise God. Our link with our forefathers is a separation. Praise God. But my people perish because of what? Hosea would say, lack of knowledge. When you do not know your rights, are you able to exercise your rights? If you do not know the law, someone can take advantage of you yeah, because you do not know the law, isn't it? But when you know your rights as a Kenyan citizen, that these are your rights, even when a policeman arrests you and you know the law, and he tells you he want to take you to jail for a minor traffic offense. If you know the law, you can start and say, no, this is not an offense to take me to jail. As a matter of fact, the fine is this much. I'm ready to pay the fine. Yeah? And there is also a provision for a, a bail, cash bail. Then I can appear to, the, to court on Monday or whichever day. But if you do not know your rights, what will you do? Utatetemeka? Utatetemeka? Atakushika? Hapa? Atakwambia tunaenda? In the process, you are told, to escape this, ukona pesa ngapi? Kwa sababu umetetemeka, unasahau hata umeyokoka. Niko na elufu moja? Hapana? Ukona ingine? Ebu angalia? Haa. Niko na ingine, eh, miatano, lete, yote. Kwenda kabisa. And you run. Someone has just taken advantage of you because you do not know 
That's why Hosea would say, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. I want to pronounce that to us today. There are many of us that are still suffering curses and poverty because we do not know that this also was taken over by Christ on the cross. How many of us here, when we look at the issues that we are going through, you know, we try to trace it back and say, well, my family used to be like this. Oh, okay, this was in, it was in the family. No one in our family gets married before they are 40 or whatever. No one in our family gets children. You know, they get married, but they never get children. Have you ever heard of something like those kind of things? And then we attribute all this, and we're saying this is because there's a curse. And true, there is a curse. There could be someone who pronounced something. Because as I told you, do not ignore the words that are spoken by those that are senior than you, and especially parents, and especially if they speak out of anger. I think it's Joshua who was telling me of a situation he was dealing with. It was this child. Was this a child that was unwell or something like that? Or is a family that could not... Something happened. The, the children are born and they, they are all, you know, they are grown up, but then they don't leave home. They are staying with their mother. You know, have you ever seen something like weird like that? People are 20, 30, 40, and no one want to move. They are all staying with their mother. Yeah? And... When Joshua, they were taken to Joshua, and Joshua is praying for them, and the Lord gives me a, him a revelation and said, hey, there's someone who pronounced something. And he said, in that family, no one will, will amount to anything. And he said, someone killed someone. And when the person was dying, he said, in that family of the killer, no one will amount to something. And then when he said, and he's praying, he's not even asked some these people anything. He's now praying and is and pronouncing and I mean denouncing those curses. And then the lady, the mother, hears the prayers and says, Hey, hey, man of God, we are told that our far father or somebody, grandfather, killed somebody because he was a very strong man. And one who was killing that person, the person pronounced and said, no, out this, from this family, no one will amount to anything. And from that day, everybody in that family amounted to nothing. Now, that generation that Joshua was praying for may have been a third or fourth generation, but they've been affected. Thank God, he received the revelation and now prayed and pronounced the blessing. Now what I'm trying to say to us is if you got the scriptures because our time is up we need to take the Holy Communion. We'll push this in the next service those of you that may want to, to stay on. But let me read for you um, Galatians chapter 3 Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming what? A curse. Please read this and read it carefully. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. 
For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a pole. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, uh, uh, Dolly's. You are the only one who seemed to be with me. <laughs> Christ redeemed us. Christ redeemed who? Us. Can you put there me? Christ redeemed I. Yeah, okay. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a pole or on a tree. He redeemed me in order that the blessing given to Abraham, my father, might come to the Gentiles, even those that are not Jews in this, case, this time, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Has the curse been broken? For the believer. So does it matter what your father did? If you believe this. First of all, if you have been born again. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians 5.21. Talked about him who had no sin becoming a sin. For, so that you who had sin may become the righteousness of God. Now it brings us and says he, he became a curse. Because curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. When he hung on that tree, he became a curse. Now, so that he may do what? Hmm? Yeah? So that by becoming a curse for us, for it is... Okay, let's read it again. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Okay, he's already become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to us. Now, taking away the curse, yeah, because of their rebellion, they were cursed. But then there was a pronouncement of a blessing. So that when the curse is taken away, then the blessings of Abraham comes back to us. Amen. So my brother, my sister, stop connecting yourself with a generation that you don't belong to. You've already been redeemed. But if you've been redeemed, you need to know that. Because what you do not know cannot work for you. No one gets saved because Jesus died on the cross without coming to Jesus himself. We have the whole the, lot of world, people in the world who, are, who will go to hell? Yet Christ died and took away the sin so that no one should go to hell. But because they have not come to Christ, they will go to hell. Equally, Christ took away our curse. But until we realize and we understand that there is no curse now for you who is in Christ Jesus, if you still continue to live in fear, what you fear follows you. Amen? If you think the reason why you are not married is because in your family, no one gets married until they are after 40. Then you'll wait until then. Because that's what you believe. 
But you are different. You are not of that family. You've come to Christ. You are redeemed with his precious blood. You are a new creation. You are a son of Abraham or a daughter of Abraham for that matter if you want. And you are entitled for Abrahamic blessings through Christ Jesus. It says what in 4, 4.28, Galatians 4.28 says what? Now you brothers and sisters, like who? Isaac are children of? Do you belong to, the, to, the, to Abraham's blessings? It says, now you brothers... Now, you are brothers because you have come to Christ. Okay? Like Isaac, who was a son of Abraham through birth, bloodline, son of promise. Our children also of promise, like Isaac was a child of promise, that through this son, I will bless you and the rest, the whole of the world will be blessed. It is through you that that family of viewers, which has been cursed, can now be redeemed and be blessed. Your presence in that family can bring redemption. Amen? By introducing the same family to Christ, first of all, you breaking it and saying, I break it, I don't belong there. My, the, if there was any curse, it has been taken away from me. <laughs> I was telling somebody, my mother is very interesting. My mother uh, gets married to this family where we belong. And then she comes to this family and her husband dies and she is now left with this uh, family. And they decide, and she, be, she became very dependent and strong-willed and thank God, that's why we, some of us are where we are. Because if she was not like that, uh, we would not be because nobody wanted us to prosper. And therefore she is written and told, here women do not do A, B, C, D. It's told and she is told there is a curse to that effect in this family. And then she cleverly tells them, hey, but I, I don't belong to this family. I came into this family. So what belongs to this family does not affect me and my children. Praise God for my mother. She was not born again that time, yes, but she got that revelation and therefore she refused to be tied to a curse that belonged to someone else. You can also refuse to be tied to a curse that belonged to someone else because you have come to Christ. You don't belong to this world. That's what the Bible says. We are therefore ambassadors for Christ. Therefore, you can separate yourself from your family and generations through Christ Jesus, and claim your victory through the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So now, you brothers and sisters like Isaac are children of Abraham. Do you have a right to claim Abrahamic blessings upon yourself? Yes. Let's see the last verse, I mean, text that I wanted us to look at. Corinthians, Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, this is what it says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, mm -hmm, yet for your sake he became poor, 
so that you through his poverty might become rich. Thank you again, Dolis. This is for you. Yeah? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, who was rich? He was rich, and if you want to know he was rich, go and read first, I mean, uh, Colossians chapter 1 from verse 15. All things were made by him. He was from God. You know? Everything. You, you can read. We don't have time. You go and read that. There is nothing that exists on this earth without him. Now, he became what? Yet for your sake, he became poor. The one who was rich with everything because all things were created by him and for him. Okay? He became poor. He denied himself all those things. He was striped of everything. No wonder he was crucified naked. Everything was taken away from him. So that the one who was rich, yet for your sakes, my sakes, he became poor. What did he do? He carried poverty upon himself. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Has poverty been broken? Has poverty been dealt with? And then why do we continue to say we are poor? But my family, you know my father, my grandfather, my horalalala, you know we were not born, we are not that privileged like that family. Why do we compare ourselves with others? Why do we go back to the ancestors? Why do we take someone else's curse and it now become ours? Because we confess it and we associate ourselves with it. Again, I told you when my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Do you now know that Christ did not just take away your sins on that cross? Because that one we have no problem. We have, when me I'm born again, I'm, my sins have been taken away. Do you now know that Christ took away every curse? He became a curse so that you can be free. There is therefore no curse upon you if you're in Christ Jesus. But you need to know it and confess it and believe it. And if your lineage is of curses, then you denounce them by faith, reading the scriptures or calling upon a minister to pray together with you to denounce those curses. That's why we encourage you, come for the evening service because there we pray and we break if there is any curse or anything that is following you. It is we correctively, we can address it through the scriptures. Praise God. We are not fanatics. We read the scriptures. We are normal. Praise God. But we want you to know, to understand. Poverty has been taken care of. Curses have been taken care of. You now can work with your hands and prosper. Of course, you don't just sit there and expect that now... I'm rich in Christ. No, no, no. You still have to go and work. Okay? Because that's another mistake that some Christian make. I don't know who, who has bewitched them. That you can just stay idle and think that money will come because you are a child of God. No. You will sleep hungry, yet you are born again. You will go to heaven hungry. 
if you don't work with your own hands. And I'm encouraging you, work hard because there is even a promise that I will bless the work of your hands. Now that you're in Christ Jesus, then work hard. So if there are people who should be working harder and harder, they are Christian because there is multiplication. Everything that you do, there is going to be a return. Praise God. I'm encouraging you from today. You know that you are, you don't belong to this world. You neither belong to that clan that is cursed. Amen? You have become to another family. You belong to the Abrahamic. You, like Isaac, a child of promise. Hallelujah. So, sin is broken. Curse is broken. Poverty is broken. Let's break forth now into our blessings. Amen? Have you been blessed? <laughs>